The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, streaming live around the world on KRKS 94.7 from your smartphones on the Internet. If you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives. And also check out drpegradio.com for information about the show our sponsor, and how you can take advantage of my mental health, wellness, and safety consulting services, workshops, and books. And in particular, I want to let you know about my upcoming VIP personal transformation retreats in December and January. And you can end 2016 and start 2017 by investing time in yourself to reflect on where you've been, identify where you want to go, and implement effective strategies to get you there. Reserve your spot now at drpegradio.com. Now, listeners, when you go to my program archives, you're going to find several episodes featuring today's guest, Craig Hill. Uh, Craig Hill, thank you for being back with me again today. Welcome back. Good to be here again, Dr. Peg. Thank you so much. Listeners, today's show is for married couples and really anyone desiring to be married. Uh, Craig Hill is going to help you answer this question today. Are you a flea or are you a dog? Craig Hill is the author of Two Fleas and No Dog. Transforming Your Marriage from Fleetum to Freedom. His book shares important biblical principles for married couples to improve communication, resolve conflict, and enjoy more intimacy with your spouse. Craig Hill is also the founder of Family Foundations International, whose purpose is to help churches reestablish in families the biblical foundations that cause life to work and people to prosper from one generation to the next. Also want to um, welcome my husband, Ryland Clark, uh, to the mic today. He'll be uh, sharing in our conversation with Craig. Hello, love. Hi, love. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, Craig, let's put everyone out of suspense and help them determine <laughs> if they are a flea or a dog. And I didn't stutter. Your, your, um, your uh, subtitle of your book is Transforming Your Marriage from Freedom to freedom. Right. So how do we know if we are a dog or a flea? <laughs> well, you know, that was an analogy the Lord gave me many, many years ago. Initially, just for single people, I used to mm. say this in singles groups all the time. Uh, I said most people who are single before they marry are like a flea. And a flea, of course, is a parasite. <laughs> a flea is an animal that's looking for a big dog that it can attach to and just suck the life out of that dog. <laughs> so the analogy is if I can find a big enough dog, I can just attach mm. and drain the life out of that dog. And the dog doesn't even miss it oh, because gosh. the dog has so much life in it that it just gives and gives and gives and gives and meets all my needs and takes care of everything for me. And uh, the dog doesn't even miss the life. 
And so uh, the analogy is that many, many young people are like fleas. As a matter of fact, I call many singles groups are in, in reality, if the truth were known, is a flea market. That's <laughs> where all the fleas show up. And, of course, everybody's looking for a dog, and I'm using that in a different way than we sure. normally do. A dog is the life-giving host animal that just gives and gives mm-hmm. and gives and gives, and the flea can just continue to take and take and take and take, and the dog doesn't even miss it. So what happens is a young man is, for example, looking for a woman. What is he looking for? Someone who pleases me. I'm looking for the beautiful princess that, wow, she's <laughs> awesome. She's beautiful. She's kind to me. She never confronts me. She agrees with me. She's smart. She's spiritual. She loves God. We pray together. We talk together. I love being with her. And uh, what is the young woman looking for? Prince Charming. That awesome man that is is just incredibly handsome but incredibly gallant valiant noble kind throws his coat in the (laughs) mud you know for her to walk over and all that so these two find each other and marry each other she thinks i've found the one who's going to meet all my needs and he thinks i've found the one who's going to meet all my needs life is going to be awesome with her with him they get married only to wake up a couple weeks later and somehow or another they discover wait a minute where's the prince where's the princess and and he's going there's no princess here somehow i find myself married to the wicked witch of the west (laughs) what happened here and she wakes up one day and goes wait a minute where's prince charming he isn't here anymore i find i'm married to i'm married to the beast (laughs) how did i get how did i get married to the beast and i get married to the wicked witch of the west what happened and the answer is both of them were fleas thinking that this other one would meet all their needs. And uh, when they actually got married, God hasn't designed anyone to meet all your needs. Mm -hmm. God is the only one who's going to meet all your needs. And so in reality, a flea is someone who's looking to another person to make them happy. Mm -hmm. And that that describes a lot of people's marriages. And if you cut to the bottom line of what's really going on, it's idolatry. Mm -hmm. It's a man looking to a woman to meet all his needs, a woman looking to a man to meet all her needs. And that is idolatry. Mm -hmm. And that kind of relationship is destined for a lot of unhappiness, Mm -hmm. a lot of unfulfillment, a lot of difficulties, and in many cases, divorce. Mm -hmm. People just say, I don't I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling just a little bit convicted and a, a little bit itchy, like maybe I've been a little bit flea-like. A little fleaish. <laughs> a little fleaish. <laughs> well, you say dating actually teaches people to become fleas, and oh. you started out with this in in a singles ministry. So say more about that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think that the normal standard idea of marriage partner selection that we have in our society is the dating model, which, number one, doesn't involve parents. But the biggest problem with that is it's based on physical attraction rooted in self-gratification with no long-term goal. And I throw that person away when that person no longer Mm. pleases me. And uh, that is good practice for divorce. Mm -hmm. Whereas in reality, that is not God's system at all. If you look in the Bible and find how Everybody in the Bible found their marriage partner. It always involved parents. Mm. There was a partnership between parents and a son and parents and a daughter. And I think that's critical for us to re-implement again. As a matter of fact, a father is meant to be the door Mm. to his daughter's heart. 
and, and Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 1, the, the person who does not go through the door is a thief and a robber. Mm. What that means is a young man, and by the time we get done with this, you may think I come from a different planet or something <laughs> like that. But a young man really ought to go through the door mm-hmm. of a young woman's heart, which is her father, to uh, to gain access. And we usually don't do that. And, you know, the consequence of that is if a father is not in place to be a screen for a young woman – uh, and and young men would come and contact the father and request permission to enter mm-hmm. into any kind of relationship, uh, romantic relationship with the daughter. If that's not in place, then that daughter has to protect herself. Mm-hmm. And I find young women in their single life having to go through life protecting their virginity if they want to be a, a, a virtuous and pure person. Uh, they have to protect their own virginity. They have to protect their own heart. And a young woman goes through her single life posturing herself toward men in this way. No, no, Mm. no, 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 no. In order to do that, that young woman is going to harden her heart. Mm -hmm. And she's going to put a shell and a wall Mm. around her heart, which does not disappear when she gets married. So she goes into marriage in a defensive posture looking at men as lustful as trying to take something from her, and God never intended that. So if you have a father in place who is the screen, the young woman doesn't have to reject all these young men. Mm -hmm. And uh, she can keep her her heart open and pure to give 100% of herself Mm -hmm. to her husband when they marry. Right. And unfortunately in our world today, so many children are growing up, number one, fatherless, and whether right. they have their father in their lives or not, they may not have been taught to say no, and so they may have opened up their heart yes. uh, with or without their father's you know, permission or endorsement, That's right. and so they've been wounded because God didn't mean for us to Correct. be uh, in, in especially sexual relationships That's outside right. of marriage, and so... Uh, she's been so wounded, many women and men will put up that wall and harden their hearts. So when they finally do meet the one that God has for them, they have that same hardened heart. So it, we can arrive at that same place through different paths. That's a quick road to freedom. Mm, is yeah. You open your heart in, a, in an environment where you shouldn't and you end up getting wounded, getting hurt. I sometimes use an analogy with single people. It's like gluing two pieces of paper together Mm -hmm. when you become boyfriend, girlfriend. Then that breaks. Mm -hmm. The papers don't come apart the same way that they were put together. And pieces of your heart is stuck to that person. Mm -hmm. And many people arrive at the the day of marriage having had so many Mm -hmm. broken relationships, uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and people that they were wounded by. That uh, when they come to uh, the 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 day of their wedding, they've got a little tiny piece of their heart left to give to their husband or wife, mm-hmm. and it takes them ten years to get back up to ground zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say um, to that point, uh, for people that are in that situation, it seems to me that at that point, when your heart's been crushed over and over and over. You should be thinking about getting some counseling at that point (laughs) to get yourself back to the right place and move forward in a healthy relationship. Yeah, that would be important. That's what I tell everyone when they're single while you're waiting. Uh, You know, I had my list, as many women are taught to do, encouraged to do. Just like you said, Craig, you know, he's got to be this. He's got to be that. You know, my list was like 80 things long. Right. And, um, you know, I'm presenting that list to the Lord. You know, like I'm going shopping. I'm shopping, you know, online, on demand. Click here, click there. That's what I want. 
And the Lord said, oh, you know, that's all fine. But don't you think a man like that deserves a woman who's equally amazing? And so you better get to work on yourself. Well, it's like what man (laughs) that meets those qualifications is going to be attracted to you? Right, right. In my current state. And that's a humbling thing that really you can receive from the Lord. Somebody else may have tried to tell me that I might have gotten a little defensive. But when the Lord tells you that, you're That's like, right. OK, you're right, Lord. And he sent me through kind of a round of, of counseling. So, yeah, Very I think true. you're actually right. Uh, so we know that um, in, in your book, you say there are two root fears regarding our identity and value. And I think kind of the picture you've painted really speaks to who are we? Who what, who are we? Uh, who do we believe we are and who really are we in Christ and what is our value? What do we, how do we think we're valued, but what really is our true value in Christ? Uh, and those root fears around identity and value, you say in your book, Two Fleas, No Dog, cause people to become really self-focused. That really is the root of our fleetum. Well, if I feel like I'm not valuable, I'm going to do a lot of things to try to make myself valuable and try to get the person I'm married to to constantly convey value to me. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, if I've got a deep fear that I'm not going to be taken care of, my needs aren't going to be met, then I get real busy doing what I need to do to meet my own Mm -hmm. needs at the expense of the person that I'm married to. Mm -hmm. And what God really showed me, uh, Jan and I struggled in our marriage for the first seven years. I didn't understand these principles. And and so I was wounding my wife, hurting my wife, not knowing why, not understanding why she was was hurt. But uh, what God began to show me is that the 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 counter the, the opposite of being a flea is like being a rechargeable battery. So it's not being a dog. Yeah. <laughs> only God is the dog. Do, do, God's the only dog. <laughs> yes. yeah, God spelled backwards. His yeah, dog is a way to remember that, huh? That's right. But it, it's like this. It's like my cell phone has a battery in here. When does the battery ever say to the cell phone, hey, listen, cell phone, I've been giving out a lot of life, a lot of energy here. I want to know when I'm going to get something back coming my way. Mm-hmm. The battery never says that. Why? It wasn't designed to. It It's designed to give and give and give and give and give to the cell phone. Mm-hmm. But the battery does run out of life. So where does the battery get its life? Mm-hmm. It has to go back to the recharger. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the recharger? In this analogy, of course, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the recharger. So if I am looking to the, to the Lord to meet my needs and my wife is looking to the Lord to meet her needs, and now I, I make a decision, and, and it could be unilateral. I'm not waiting to see if my wife will reciprocate or not. I'm just deciding I'm going to be a battery to her. Mm. I'm going to bless her. And when I run out of energy, I'm going to go back to God. I'm going to get life from him and be a giver and one who gives life and energy and power to my wife Mm -hmm. and blesses her. You know, that always causes a reciprocation. Mm -hmm. She'll begin to give back. But what if two people are doing that? What if Mm -hmm. if husband and wife are both doing that? Wow, now you have a synergy of life Mm -hmm. coming from the Lord through the husband, through the wife, meeting together, and life Mm -hmm. spills over to the children and to other people Mm -hmm. around. And that's the picture that's the opposite of being two fleas. So instead of fleetum, we're rechargeable batteries. batteries. So no one's going to be the dog (laughs) but God. Um, and ho- right. hopefully, at least if there's one flea, there's at least one battery. And even that life-giving, um, recharging kind of dynamic will help to um, 
well, encourage the other spouse to life always swallows up death. Mm-hmm. Life always swallows up death. That's a principle. So it only takes one. Yes. Now people say, well, as soon as my husband does yes. it, I'll do it. As soon as my wife does it, I'll. Do it. No, 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 no. You just Amen. start giving out life, mm-hmm. and you will find a reciprocation mm-hmm. automatically begins to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking about some things. My husband is a wise man. He was yes, giving he me some advice the other day along those lines. And and you, you're saying start giving out life, but we could also say start just showing love. That's right. Letting God's love flow through you. So that back to identity and value. If we if we get that need met from God to know our true identity and our value, then that can flow out to us. And love conquers all. Sure. No doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. Amen. No. Well, you're listening to Craig Hill is my guest today. He's the author of Two Fleas, No Dog. And I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And my husband, Ryland Clark, is here in the studio. And we're talking about uh, instead of fleetum, we want to be rechargeable batteries. Yes. Uh, so, Craig, talk about the four stages uh, that married people go through, uh, that our marriage goes through. Obviously, we, we often start out as two fleas, no dog, and I think you've described that well. Uh, after we go through that stage, what's next for us? You you have some metaphors around uh, people swimming and drowning and being yeah. in the water. Say more about that. Yeah, I had the swimming analogy yeah. that the Lord gave me. And so you find that uh, some people, uh, the worst state of, of, say, codependency in a sense is two drowning people in a lake together. Mm. So if you got two people who don't know how to swim, they'll kill each other. That's right. Uh, they're both fighting for oxygen. And they're, you know, one says, you just kicked me in the in the face. And the other one says, excuse me, I'm trying to breathe here. Mm-hmm. I'm going under. I'm, I'm dying. Mm. I'm not too worried about kicking you in the face. Mm. Uh, and if you have two people that are drowning and you put them in a lake together, they'll drown each other. And uh, what Ryland said earlier, if you're in that situation, go get counseling mm. immediately. Mm. Lifeguard. Go, go get some <laughs> yeah. help because somebody's going to have to pull those people mm-hmm. out of the water and teach them how to float. That's right. Yeah. I, I have had the same experience. I tried to learn how to roller skate years ago as an adult, and I went to a class that was being offered for children. <laughs> and I noticed as an adult not being a strong skater, uh, when you skate with a bunch of children, when they're about to fall, they reach out and grab anyone who's there. That's right. And not being a good skater myself, I'm ashamed to admit, sometimes you push those kids off of you. It's every man or woman for themselves. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I'm a you know five foot seven grown up kid. Get off of me. And so that metaphor, when you're when you feel like you're going you're going down, you don't care about anybody else. You're just trying to save yourself. If you're insecure, you'll just climb on top of anybody. Yeah. To save right. yourself. That's right. That's right. And and then an, another stage some people can move on to is like two independent swimmers. Mm. So they've at least learned how to float. They're not going to drown each other, but they're not really engaged in any common purpose. Mm-hmm. They they live like married singles, mm-hmm. really. Uh, he's busy doing his thing. She's busy doing her thing. Mm-hmm. They live in close proximity to one another, but they really don't have anything common. They just pass in the lake swimming mm-hmm. around as independent swimmers. And they're all they're each swimming okay on their own, but your point is that they're 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 on their own. They haven't come together as one well, for a common purpose. That's not really what we signed up for in marriage. Right. We didn't right. sign up to just be around somebody who's not really a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Most people signed up, no, I want you to be a part of my life. I want to be a part of your life. I want to do something together. Mm-hmm. And so what God intended, uh, the the analogy that the Lord gave me of where he wants to move us as married couples is to like two people who are in a canoe together together. 
paddling toward a common purpose. So in a canoe, we can go somewhere. We can both work together. But in doing that, we're going to have to learn how to paddle. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, initially, maybe both people try to paddle on the same side and the canoe just goes round and round in a circle. (laughs) Or one of them decides to stand up and tips the canoe (laughs) over and they both fall in the water. And then one of them yells at the other for standing up. (laughs) So there's a learning process in that. But that's where God wants Mm -hmm. to take us is where we're in a canoe and we learn how to paddle together. Now we've got a common vision, a common purpose. We're working together. We're not uh, drowning each other. We're not just swimming around each other, but Mm. we're actually going somewhere together. Together mm. in a common purpose. And that's God's goal for yes. us. Well, I've had the experience kayaking with a friend and who was more experienced than myself, my friend Anita. And um, not only is it two people paddling together, but you do need someone who's the leader. And so again, Absolutely. that picture of marriage with um, the husband being the head of the of the wife and her submitting to his leadership, it doesn't mean that he's more important because you do still need both paddling. Yeah. Craig, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is when you start having distractions from outside the marriage mm. that uh, start, you know, having you, forcing you to do things uh, a little bit different than, and, and um, causing separation in your marriage. What do you suggest uh, during that time? You know, what, what kind of things do you suggest that, that uh, couples do when they have a lot of outside distractions? What kind of, uh, give me an example, Rylan, what kind of um, things are you thinking you know, about? Let's say uh, friends that talk, you know, but that talk to the, the other uh, person, the uh, spouse. Okay. About what they see from the outside looking in that might have some influence on their relationship. I think what's critical together, that God just gave us a little strategy that, that is real critical that I think people can practice. Uh, and that is praying together mm-hmm. every single day. Uh, that opens the door to share and to communicate. And I think what needs to happen sometimes, Ryland, also is to set some boundaries to where you simply say, you know, uh, we're not going to be able to accommodate all these people's opinions and thoughts. Uh, and what we really need to do is set some boundaries and say, you know, uh, I really can't have you distracting me in my relationship right at the moment. I love you. You're a nice person, but I'm not married to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. I'm married to my wife, married to my husband. And sometimes in-laws do that. I was going to say sometimes that's common from the, the uh, parents, in-laws. a mother mm-hmm. or somebody that wants to tell everybody how everything ought to be. <laughs> and sometimes you just need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that that practice that God gave us of praying together, we just call it the six-minute prayer. Mm. Three topics one minute each, two people, six mm. minutes. The three topics are repentance and forgiveness, mm. thanksgiving, and blessing. Mm. So we just ask each other every day, in the last 24 hours, have I hurt you? Mm. Have I drained your value? Have I been unkind to you or offended you? Mm. Please share with me because I would like to repent mm. if that's the case. And we're also asking the question, God, in the last 24 hours, mm. have I offended you? By my attitudes or my actions or my words, I want to repent daily and make that right. And then the second thing is thanksgiving, just saying, let's thank God for the good things in our lives. Let's thank God for each other, for our children, for the house we live in, the country we live in, the church we attend, Mm -hmm. the jobs he's given us, the provision that we have. Let's be grateful and pray prayer of thanksgiving. And then thirdly, blessing. Let's just bless each other. 
Lord, I bless my wife today mm-hmm. with with your uh, favor upon her. Everywhere she goes, God, would you give her favor and good friends and health and intimate mm-hmm. sense of your presence. God, I bless my husband today as he goes to work. Would you bring new accounts to him that just come out of nowhere? Would you give him favor with his vendors, favor with his employers, employees? God, would you give him good friends, a strong sense of your intimate presence? And uh, you pray that over each other. And I suggest people do it eyes open, mm. looking at each other. Do you know if, if you do that every single day, it just shuts out the, discru- yes. the distractions. They can't get in. Amen. They can't penetrate. Yes. Amen. Repentance, forgiveness, thanksgiving, blessing. Yeah. And I always just feel the life, uh, Craig, uh, you came on the program before talking about blessing generations. We attended your two-day seminar on blessing generations and how you just giving that example of how to pray for your spouse brought life to me and just just in that brief time so excellent um, advice thank you so much for that we're talking with craig hill uh, the founder of family foundations international and author of many books Uh, we're talking today about two fleas and no dog transform your marriage from fleetum to freedom And so when we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of covenant, that three-stranded cord, uh, paddling in that canoe together. Don't go away. We'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the lock experts in the world. The QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. I'm here with Craig Hill, and we are talking about two fleas, no dog. Uh, we're talking about um, marriage and um, how to how to really bring God into the midst of it. I think is uh, we get married to have a partner. We we have a, a purpose and a vision that we talked about the last time you were on the show, how important vision is. And I always tell single people, um, what do you need help with? You know, God has provided you with a helpmate. If you're not doing anything, you don't need help. So, again, we see the value of vision. What's the vision for your marriage? Not right. just each of you as um, a daughter and son of the Most High God, but what is your vision for your marriage, the two becoming one, and making that covenant together uh, with God um, about what what the purpose of your marriage is. So talk with us about covenant, Craig. It's such a 
such an eye-opening um, chapter in your book. Yeah, I think what's critical to understand, Dr. Pegg, is we have had an exchange of values that's taken place in our society from covenant to contract. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand what a covenant is anymore. Uh, and, and actually, a covenant is the relationship that we have with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. We look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, 31, 32, and, and Paul says there, I'm, this is a mystery that I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about the relationship between a husband and wife, but I'm actually telling you that your marriage is a prophetic picture on planet Earth of how mm. Jesus Christ treats his people. Amen. And the way he treats us is by covenant, not by contract. So what's the difference? First thing is a covenant is unilateral unconditional and irrevocable, a covenant is broken by only one thing, death. That's the only Mm. thing that breaks a covenant. On the other hand, a contract is bilateral, a contract is very conditional, and a contract is revocable. Mm -hmm. And so when we look in the Bible, we see that God's picture of marriage is a covenant, that Jesus' understanding of marriage is a covenant, which is why he said some very, very strong and startling things that most people don't really even realize that he said, you know, talking about the, the fact that, that marriage is terminated only by death. And we say those words in the ceremony. You know, mm-hmm. we still say that today. We say, I take you to be my lawfully wedded mm-hmm. wife or husband for better, for worse, in sickness and health, for richer, for poorer, forsaking all others until death. death. There was part mm-hmm. we don't say until somebody commits adultery mm-hmm. or until somebody abandons me or until, until somebody. I get tired of you. I'm not happy until anymore. You don't meet my needs yeah. anymore, mm-hmm. you big flea. You flea. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have couples calling each other, hey, you're being kind of flea-like today. Yeah, you're a little flea <laughs> Maybe go charge yourself plug into the recharger but it's uh, uh, but marriage according to god is a covenant and what i've found is that when people get a hold of that that is life changing mm-hmm. life changing for their marriage when they realize mm-hmm. you know this is not dependent on what either of mm-hmm. us do because if you look at it bottom line contract is dependent upon the works mm-hmm. of either party mm-hmm. covenant is dependent upon the word so that that's mm. a huge difference. One lady came to me one day. She says, Pastor, I want to divorce my husband. I said, well, why is that? She had a list. Mm. Well, he did this. He did this. He did that. What did I know about her understanding of marriage right off? Yeah, contract. Contracts. And he broke the conditions of the mm-hmm. contract. It's based on his works. Now, aren't you glad that our relationship with Jesus is not like that? Yes. That Jesus looks at your works and says, well, you were unfaithful in this and this and this. You blew it in this and this. So. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to permanently terminate relationship mm-hmm. with you, throw you out, and replace you with someone else. Mm-hmm. That's how we practice marriage a lot today. Yeah. That is not the com- that's not the covenant picture mm-hmm. of how Jesus treats us. And thank God He doesn't treat us that way. But we're called to be that prophetic image. So what does that mean? That means I need to make a decision in my heart to establish the value of covenant mm. around my marriage, which means I, it, it's a it's a relationship based on grace. Mm. What that means is when my husband blows it, I forgive him. Mm. When my wife blows it, I forgive her. It's not, well, it's a contract, and so he did this or that. So this, this lady says, uh, I want to divorce my husband because of these reasons. And uh, I said, well, let, let me just ask you two questions. On the day you were married, what did you say? (laughs) And so she repeated the vow, and it was Mm -hmm. the traditional vow, till death do us part. I said, so you said till death do us part. She said, yes, that's what I said. 
I said, well, let me just ask, ask you a second question. Is your husband dead? Mm-hmm. She said, he's spiritually dead. <laughs> and I said, well, by that qualification, I'm afraid most marriages probably wouldn't okay, make it because yeah. there are certain points at which uh, everybody would think that about their husband mm-hmm. or wife. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it means. Covenant is something very, very powerful. It's actually the most solemn agreement known to man. And I shared a little bit in the book, you know, some of the the pictures that we have of covenant. One of them is the threshold covenant, which is a very powerful concept that we find in Eastern culture, Mm -hmm. where when a man invites another man to come to his home as a guest, he normally pours out blood at the threshold Mm. of his dwelling, and that blood is representative of his own life. Mm. So what he's saying to that guest is, this blood that I've poured out at the threshold of my door tells you that I would lay down my life for you, Mm. that when you come into my house, everything I have is yours. Mm. Any possession I have, if you need it, It's yours. If you have enemies, they're my enemies. I would fight for you. I would die for you. We are one. You come under my protection. And when the guest comes to the home, the guest is saying to that that host, I bow under the authority Mm. of this house. I will never undermine you. I will never work to harm you. But uh, I will come under the authority of this house. That is a beautiful picture of what is supposed to be going on in marriage, Mm -hmm. where a husband is making the commitment, all I have, all I am is yours. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will fight for you. I would die for you. A wife is saying, I step across that threshold and come under your covenant protection. I receive your protection. I receive your provision. I receive your name. I will fight for the vision of this house, and we together will accomplish the purpose that God has for us. I will never, I I give up my right to independent living. Mm. That's what both of them are saying. I'm no longer just me, but it's not me and my money and my possessions, it's us, Mm. we. I'll no longer fight for me. I will only fight for we. Well, and and Craig, that's a beautiful picture, but you're you're kind of pressing your thumb on those wounds that we already talked about in terms of identity and value and feeling that I have to take care of myself because no one else has done it for me. So many people come into marriage with those kinds of wounds We might also have listeners who are saying, that's all well and good, but boy, that sounds so old fashioned. (laughs) What what would you say to that? I'd say you're an idiot. (laughs) Serious. I mean, uh, you like, do you like destroying your life? Mm. Do you like destroying your marriage? Mm. Do you like destroying relationship? And I I don't mean to be unkind to people, but but honestly, uh, there are, there are principles that work Mm -hmm. and principles that don't work. And uh, somebody saying that's old fashioned, that's like saying gravity is old fashioned. <laughs> you know, I just don't feel like I need to obey it. I mean, my goodness, we're here in the in the 21st century. I mean, gravity was something we had to function in in the and, 20th and century. And I was we, wounded in the past when I fell because of gravity. Well, that's so, right. Yeah, so I've decided yeah. I don't believe that principle mm-hmm. anymore. I'm just going to not obey gravity. And you go, well, that's a nice theory, but you're an idiot. <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself mm-hmm. and anybody with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole premise of Family Foundations International is to return us to these biblical principles that help families to prosper and relationships to prosper. Right. And these are not just rules. They're principles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can make up all kinds of rules that have no basis in reality. But really, when we look at principles, 
That's just how life is. Gravity, for example, electricity, for example. A person couldn't decide, well, I'm going to take two little paper clips and just stick them in a wall outlet, <laughs> and somehow that's not going to hurt me. No, that is going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. You you can't do that without mm-hmm. a consequence. Mm-hmm. So you can't violate these principles in marriage without a consequence. And covenant is one of those key ones. And we can see the consequence of people forsaking the value of covenant in mm-hmm. our society as a lot of people are wounded and hurt. I talk to many young people today who say, you know, I don't want to get married. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, why don't you want to get married? Because I saw what happened to my parents mm-hmm. and other people their age, and they were wounded. They mm-hmm. hurt each other. It was horrible. It was a terrible relationship. I don't want to repeat it. And uh, what they're saying is, my parents did not walk in God's principles. They did a lot of harm and did a lot of damage, and it, so much so that I don't even want to have anything mm-hmm. to do with it. And actually, uh, that's that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. That's creating a worse situation yet because mm-hmm. when when people enter into relationship, a lot of people just live together today without uh, being married, they don't realize that has a generational consequence that does mm-hmm. huge amount of damage. I would just say this one thing that people need to realize. Do you know that the covenant of marriage is the protective hedge that prevents children from being demonized in the womb? Mm. And I have had to minister to and, and seen little children demonized mm. In other words, demonic spirits attached to the soul of a child in the womb because there was no marriage. Marriage is the protective hedge that doesn't allow a demonic spirit to penetrate mm. and attach to the child, uh, the the soul of a child in the womb. When there's no marriage, there's a potential that that child can be demonized in the womb. I find people don't know that. Right. They don't and, realize and that. And there's still hope for that child, of course. But oh, we're, we're seeing how God intended things to be. And not everything labeled marriage is truly operating under God's principles. And that's why so many people may decide marriage is not for me. Well, it's yeah. it's not being uh, lived out day by day as covenant in the way that God intended. That's right. And mm-hmm. I would say two things. I mean, we have a seminar coming up to help mm-hmm. relationships, marriage relationships called Empowering Relationships. And it's uh, going to be December 9th and 10th right here in the Denver area. You can register for that or get information at uh, www.familyfoundations.com. But I would say this. If you're struggling in marriage today, do two things. Go to the Empowering Relationship Seminar, December 9th and 10th. Call Dr. Peg and make an appointment. Get some help. Don't just sit there and do nothing. Please call Dr. Peg. Get some help. That's what she's here for. That's why you're listening today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Listeners, you are listening to the wise and anointed voice of Craig Hill, founder of Family Foundations. Don't go away. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or act of terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic 
basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. All right, welcome back. Can't wait to get back into this conversation with Craig Hill. We're talking about fleas and dogs, covenant and marriage. Ryland, you were making some comments during the break. I want everyone to hear. Yes, the comments I was making was about, I would started talking about how the divorce rates are so high. And uh, it seems like things that have become acceptable in society right now are really having a, a, a big influence on high divorce rates. And people are breaking all these principles, uh, the covenant of marriage and the principles that you're talking about. And, you know, if they would just consider these things he's talking about, mm-hmm. you know, just come in and get some counseling. Think about the principles that he's laying out here, the principles of marriage that 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 uh, should be. You know, you should take those things in the highest regard, make them the highest priorities in your life, and it'll trickle down. You'll see how it'll trickle down mm-hmm. to your kids and start having positive influences mm-hmm. on your kids and generations to come. Yes, amen. But bless, pray blessings over them mm-hmm. instead of passing curses on yes. to them. Yes, and, and to your spouse as well. That's right. Well, Craig, let's. Um, I really want you to paint this picture of covenant and how it's reflected in our traditional marriage ceremonies. So many people, uh, believers and non-believers, um, participate in things really as religion instead of truly understanding why. And if they really understood what they were doing in these traditional marriage ceremonies, they may actually uh, honor the the principles in the covenant. So explain explain how covenant is, is expressed in sure. our marriage ceremony. Well, well, covenant is the most solemn agreement known to men. And again, in our Western culture, we don't really understand it. Uh, if you would have grown up in a, a traditional African tribal culture, for example, you'd be only one or two generations away from people uh, cutting covenant with mm-hmm. one another, uh, making tribes, making peace with each other, where they would actually cut veins in their hands and arms, commingle the blood, mm-hmm. uh, many times drink the blood, become mm-hmm. blood brothers. That's that, a blood covenant that we hear that phrase. Yeah, that concept mm-hmm. of becoming blood brothers with one another. Mm-hmm. And, and in that culture, when a man becomes a blood brother with another man, he would never break that covenant. Mm-hmm. He would rather die mm-hmm. before he'd break his word. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when uh, Stanley went to Africa in search of Livingston 150 years ago, he met with African tribal leaders and they began to explain and share with him about this covenant. And as he understood it, he said, so uh, what would happen if somebody broke a covenant? And they told him, it's just not done. Mm. Nobody does it. And you said there's been a values exchange. This would be an example of just losing our value for covenant, keeping our word. That's right. And, and uh, you know, they told him nobody would do that. Mm-hmm. A man would be a dishonorable man. His his own family would seek to kill him mm-hmm. if he if he was a covenant breaker. Nobody did that. And Stanley found out how powerful that was by experience. He actually entered into a covenant with a very powerful chief mm-hmm. and found that that was the door that opened Africa mm-hmm. for him because as a blood covenant partner with a powerful chief – 
everywhere he went, Mm -hmm. people recognized that he was in essence a part of that tribe, Mm -hmm. and they highly respected that chief and gave that Stanley the same honor as they would that chief because Mm -hmm. he was in covenant. Mm -hmm. But when we look at this, this concept of blood covenant, the way Eastern men would make a covenant contains seven components. And what's very interesting is we see these seven components still today, as you said, in our marriage mm-hmm. ceremony. It's just that most people don't know where they came from. So the very first component in a blood covenant among Eastern people is a unilateral commitment before God. So the two parties make a unilateral commitment. I will never break mm-hmm. this covenant. The second thing is there's terms expressed. How long does it last? Mm. And in marriage, we have a term. We state it specifically, until what? Until death do us part. That's the term of the covenant. Mm. Then thirdly, there's always an exchange of gifts. (laughs) And uh, men would exchange their their coats, their weapon belts, their name, and their own blood. Mm. Uh, We, in a wedding ceremony, exchange gifts, too, in in a similar sort of way. Uh, in uh, in the covenant ceremony, men would make vows to one another. <laughs> they would say, uh, may you die of ringworm of the nose <laughs> to a thousand generations if you ever break this covenant. Mm. They would proclaim things like that, mm. blessings and curses and vows. Mm. Well, we make vows today. Mm. We we speak a vow. And, uh, and sometimes people write their own vows, which can get sort of goofy sometimes. Mm. But uh, basically, we make a vow before God, I will be faithful to you unto death, Mm -hmm. is the vow we make normally. And then the fifth component of a covenant is there are always witnesses Mm -hmm. that are there. And we have witnesses that we require in a wedding ceremony today. And then the sixth component is there's an exchange of some kind of tokens. So men would uh, sometimes cut uh, parts of their hands or veins. Mm -hmm. They'd mix gunpowder in it, that there would be a mark in their Mm -hmm. hand that everybody could know. These two men have made a covenant with one another. Well, we use rings today. The ring is a symbol that if you had any thought of a romantic (laughs) relationship with me, forget it. Mm -hmm. Because this symbol right here tells you that I am already in covenant relationship with my wife or my husband. And so you don't even need to think about (laughs) that because Mm -hmm. there's an unto-death covenant that's already in Mm -hmm. place. So there's an exchange of of rings, and then they would share a covenant meal with Mm -hmm. one another. We do the same today at the reception. Mm -hmm. The wedding cake is actually coming from that concept of sharing the covenant meal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a blood covenant, men would exchange their own blood. They would actually cut veins in their hands and arms. They would commingle the blood and drink it because in an Eastern culture, The thought is the life of the flesh is in the blood. To us in a Western culture, blood represents death. But in Eastern culture, blood represents life. And actually in the marriage covenant, we share blood in a sense through the sexual relationship Mm -hmm. where the woman's hymen is broken and blood is shed and blood is contained in the seed of the man. And in that first sexual relationship, there's a commingling of the seed of the man that contains his blood and the blood of the woman and a blood covenant <laughs> is consummated. It's a very beautiful picture, Amen. actually, of uh, of what God had in mind. And, of course, the devil's very busy in our culture trying mm-hmm. to destroy that so that uh, there isn't uh, a virginity and a purity before People get married as God intended for them to be. And you talked about that threshold covenant um, and that, you know, that um, in in 
executing hospitality, yes. so to speak. But we also can see that even that represented in marriage when the husband carries the wife over the threshold because the presumption is there would have been blood <laughs> on the threshold. And so he carries her right. over that. In ancient times, that's exactly what would happen is a man would prepare his dwelling, prepare mm-hmm. his house, pour out costly blood at the threshold, go uh, to get his bride, bring her back to the home, pick her up in his arms, mm-hmm. carry her across the threshold, and when his right foot hit the inside of that dwelling, she was bonded mm-hmm. for life into that family, became one with him, a part of that family. And we still carry the bride mm-hmm. across the threshold today. But if you ask people, why do you do that? Nobody no knows. Well, that's <laughs> tradition. <laughs> and we don't know why we yeah. do it. Amen. So just uh, God has made a point to remind us of the whole point uh, with all the symbolism in our traditional ceremony. Let me just mention one other thing, uh, Dr. Pegg. I've seen this, that when people have made a decision to put covenant back in place in Mm -hmm. their marriage, Mm -hmm. it shuts the devil out. We've had uh, many times covenant marriage ceremonies, covenant marriage conferences, Mm -hmm. and people have come not understanding covenant Mm -hmm. at all because we, we said, do you realize you made a covenant on the day you were married? Now, we didn't know what we were doing. We, we just said what the preacher told us to say because we want to get married. Right. We wanted to sleep with each we other. We want to be fleas. <laughs> yeah, the truth were known. And, well, would you like to go through a ceremony again, a rededication mm-hmm. of your marriage, now understanding what a covenant is mm-hmm. and saying with meaning till death do us part? We've had people do that. And you know what I've observed when people have done that? It puts a hedge of protection around that marriage, and the devil cannot penetrate it. Mm. The devil isn't able to get back in and and do what he was able to do before. It absolutely changes things. Mm. And, uh, you know, you don't have to necessarily go through a rededication ceremony to do that. But if you were to make a decision today... Hey, I'm my marriage is a covenant, and it is until death do mm. us part. It's no longer dependent upon what he does, what she does. I'm not a flea anymore. I am going. I'm choosing to be a covenant representative or a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He treats people, which is a relationship by grace. Which means when my partner blows it. I'm willing to forgive him. I'm willing to forgive her. I'm not going to continue to blame him, hold him or her accountable, uh, be angry and bitter and destroy relationship and say, I'm out of here because you didn't do this, you didn't do that. I'm going to get rid of you and replace you with someone else because God never does that for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus never says, that's it. (laughs) You're out. I'll replace you with somebody else. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, I I don't even know what to say (laughs) to all of that. All the other questions I had for you really are kind of answered by understanding covenant um, in terms of affair proofing our marriage. Absolutely. And you you answered Ryland's question earlier. You talked about boundaries. Well, that's clearly relevant in affair proofing our marriage. But when we understand that covenant and, you, you know, someone recognizes and respects the ring on your finger, uh, and that you carry yourself as that covenant-bound uh, spouse. Yes. All of those things help to help to um, 
affair-proof our marriage, don't they? No, that's absolutely right. I mean, that is critical for us to understand. And there are several other things in the book that we didn't get to talk mm-hmm. about, how to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. That was a problem that Jan and I had for the first uh, uh, seven years of our marriages. We wounded each other because of blindness to communication, mm-hmm. and we just didn't understand how we were hurting each other. And, mm-hmm. and uh, once, you, uh, once you set covenant in place, you have heart-to-heart communication, now you have a good chance at actually resolving right. conflict with right. one another. And I've heard people say when you take divorce off the table, you know, we're just not even going to ever talk about divorce. That really is speaking to honoring that covenant. No, that's exactly right. Yes. We've got a lot more resources on our website at mm-hmm. www.familyfoundations.com and a lot of more uh, things that people can uh, grab hold of that will help them in the marriage. Amen. And they can check out your upcoming seminar as well. Listeners, my guest today has been Craig Hill. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living Well with Dr. Peg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Seven KRKS, Lafayette, Denver, Boulder, a service of Salem Media Group. K-R-K-S.